Hello, everybody. This is Rick Manning, President of Americans for Limited Government, today to with our, our daily torch update from Americans for Limited Government. And folks, you know, doesn't it seem like just everything's out of control? No matter what, there are things that you kind of used to be able to take for granted if kind of you can't, it's just everything seems to be going wrong. Or there's a, uh, you know, there's so many weird stories in the news that it almost overwhelms you. Um, you know, it's we think about from the balloons and the shooting down of various balloons and quite honestly, the government's uh, failure to really provide real briefings on that um, combined. Then you look at the toxic spill in East Palestine, Ohio. You have a truck crash in, on I-10 near Tucson causing evacuations there because there's toxic chemicals in the truck. You have a, uh, we, ha we have Russian fighter planes um, probing, going into uh, our airspace in Alaska, having to be chased out by F-35s. We have a lot of different things that are happening that are just, and we have obviously Ukraine and whatever the heck's going on there. Um, we have China being super aggressive and uh, threatening most of the, most of the world. Um, and threatening reprisals because we shot down their, their spy balloon. So at least one of them. Uh, it, it's, it just seems like we're in a, in a state of where, and then, and then you go on top of that and you, uh, you know that the federal government has been engaged in censoring people. The federal government has been using social media platforms to shut down speech. They've been influencing elections. Uh, we've got the Hunter Biden laptop, which puts into question whether or not President Biden is uh, completely compromised to the Chinese, the Ukrainians, and who got who God only knows who else. Um, there is a so there's so many things, and truthfully, we only have the capacity to process so many things, and so it gets to be really, really difficult. It can seem overwhelming, and I, I think it's important that we take a deep breath. And we just kind of just relax for a moment or two. You know, yes, the spy balloons, you know, we find out, you know, today or yesterday, the Pentagon says at 8.39 p.m., there's a CBS report on, on Valentine's Day. I'm sure you all were watching CBS News at 8.30, their website at 8.39 p.m. on Valentine's Day. Um, I'll tell you a secret, I wasn't. But, you know, they say U.S., it's a, direct claim by U.S. intelligence officials that they tracked the original spy balloon um, after it lifted off from China. So they had an eye on it from the moment it lifted off. And it describes some characteristics of that balloon. For instance, it seemingly drifted uh, in the in the current air currents, um, but it just happened to go by Guam. It just happened to go by Japan and it went by South Korea and then it went up to Alaska. And when it was when it was drifting down to uh, Montana from Alaska, uh, it was going at a leisurely pace, very slow, and was kind of hovering over over uh, Montana. And then when somebody looked up and they said, "Wait a second, we don't actually have a second moon. Um, the Death Star isn't welcome here." And so they they took a picture and they they reported it. Suddenly the and they've made news, apparently that balloon dramatically picked up its pace 
and made quite good time across the country um, once it no longer, once it had been discovered. And so it's a, um, that's from the Pentagon to yesterday, U.S. intelligence sources. That's, so this was a controlled, a controlled aircraft. Just to be clear, it was a controlled aircraft. Um, but we're not getting, we get no information about the other three balloons that were shot down. We were told by a U.S. Senator that they were balloons based on briefings, but we're not getting any information on that. And folks, there's a simple thing. The by as an American, I have to root for the Biden administration to get some of this stuff right. Okay. Uh, the world's too dangerous for the Biden administration to not be able to get anything right. And the fact of the matter is, I have been stunned. And if I were asked, you know, if the Biden administration is watching this, guys, put the president on the air in a calming voice and let people know that we're not being invaded by aliens. We're not having, this is, we're dealing with a number of crises, but we're always dealing with a number of crises. And he should admit that he made a mistake in not providing communication to the American public and transparency to the American public um, on the balloon and on the East Palestine uh, explosions and toxic spills. He should, he should come clean and just say, listen, we're not perfect, we make mistakes. Um, but let me tell you what's up to date. And he needs to tell people the truth in that. And America, I'm going to, my observation of America is if somebody comes and says, you know, I messed up, um, we're going to do better and gives you the straight scoop, America will give you a chance. Um, now, we may not want it from a political perspective, oh, Biden's a bum and all that, and but a lot of America is feeling pretty unsettled and it's, you know, you, it's not just inflation. It's not just um, worry about supply chain. It's not just in things that aren't on the shelves or not being able to depend on things being on the shelves. It's not the fact that eggs are 70% more expensive today than they were a year ago. It's a combination. It's like um, it, there, there's a series of events. They're all straws being put on the camel's back and suddenly you hit a point where people say everything's out of control and they feel uncomfortable. They feel as if everything's out of control. And that is a, that is a dangerous place to be. And it's Joe Biden's job as president to try to assure people that things aren't out of control. He needs to say, listen, I've had, he needs to tell the truth, but he needs to say, we've been on top of the East Palestine uh, toxic spill. Here's what's happening. Here's what we're doing to mitigate against it and give a comprehensive view of what's happening and what they're doing to a national audience. He needs to talk about the balloons to a national audience because ultimately that's his job. The, the president is supposed to, in times of crisis or unease, to lead forward, not be political, not sit there and do like his uh, spokesperson did yesterday. Go, well, we're doing so much better because Trump didn't even see the balloons. Well, Give me a break. You guys didn't even tell the Trump administration that there were balloons. If 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 the report on DOD is true that they, which unnamed source DOD, there are balloons flying around when Trump was president. Nobody in the Trump administration found that out. DOD, Department of Defense didn't tell anybody in the White House. 
if you don't tell anybody in the White House and you're denying the elected representative of the people the right to do their job, and you're saying, oh, I'm going to do your job, you don't have to. Trump should have been briefed on it. His, department, his uh, director of national intelligence should have been briefed on it. They weren't. That's a, you know, that's a deployment. So my inclination is, since those things are kind of de rigueur, they just happen. My inclination is there were no balloons in the, in the, in the Trump administration. And the illustration that talking about there being balloons in, in the Trump administration was merely a political dodge by uh, Obama appointees in the Department of Defense. That's the most likely scenario by far. So, but Joe Biden needs to come clean. He needs to let people know, you know, that things are under control. And because people are not going to feel at ease under the, you know, unless it's just so unusual for a president not to do that in this circumstance. But, you know, he had a State of the Union address and, I guess that's his one speech a year. Maybe he's out of, I, I don't know. It's, um, but it's just really odd that they haven't. So, but what can, what can Congress do? What can we do? The first thing is we have to take a deep breath. Okay. That's the first thing. The end of the world, you know, for the first time in a long time, people are thinking about nuclear annihilation. There's gen two or three, two generations at least, that didn't have to crawl under their little desk and for earthquake drills in California and nuclear and nuclear drills. Um, and, but I did, I, I you know, wouldn't fit under the desk now, but uh, back then it fit quite fine under the desk. And we drilled on that. So it was in our conscious that we were, we we're conscious of the possibility that something really bad could happen. You know, we were conscious that prices could go up well above what the wages went up because it happened in our, in our, when we were teenagers, when we were young adults, even when we were middle-aged adults, it's a, we've experienced it. We know what inflation is people. You know, so for people who are uneasy, a lot of times it's because it's not, they haven't experienced what's going on before. And it seems like the world's off kilter. And truthfully, the world, world is off kilter. The supply chain problems are, are, are real. And in many respects, they're manufactured. Um, manufactured by uh, China's decision to not export goods. Manufactured by uh, problems where you, get, uh, you don't have your ships in the right place. And so shipping stuff across the ocean becomes harder because you don't have the quantity of ship. You don't, the ships are distributed at the ports uh, the way they're needed to be to meet the demand. There's lots of reasons why we could have um, supply chain disruption, uh, notwithstanding you know, some problems, environmental problems or feed problems that cause there to be fewer eggs produced as some have alleged is the case. From a governmental perspective, what Republicans need to do, what the, the House majority needs to do, is they need to get there in a consolidated way, get to get and take the unease about and the lies about Medicare and Social Security being cut in this in this uh, circumstance with the debt ceiling. They need to pass a debt ceiling increase with 
defined cuts that are realistic and understandable to the public. They need to pass it through the House. They need to have full debate in the House. They need to pass it through the House, send it to the Senate, and take away the argument that the Republicans don't want to pass the debt ceiling and are going to mess up the full faith in government of the United States and ruin our credit rating. Well, you know, you and I know that's not going to occur in terms of credit rating being ruined. Whether or not debt ceiling is passed or not, debt ceiling increases passed or not, the fact of the matter is most voters are most voters are susceptible to those kind of that kind of rhetoric. And that's why that kind of rhetoric is gets played out. So Kevin McCarthy needs to take that issue and say we're cutting we're cutting the budget, have it define, definable, have it be something everybody can understand, and and that's why I'm arguing that if you're going to do that, do a one percent cut on all the so-called discretionary spending. That's the one point seven trillion dollars. Do a one percent cut on that. That's the equivalent of about $170 billion. So it's a, a lot of money, but it is a, but everybody out there, every person who's listening knows that if your push came to shove and you were said, and you were told you have to cut 1% out of your budget, you'd be able to find 1% to cut out of your budget. And so adopting the penny plan and, and cutting 1%, and let the Democrats complain about it. Let them cry about it. That would be wise. So that would be one thing by taking some of the uncertainty off the table related to debt ceiling. Taking that uncertainty away will, will cause people to feel more at ease as if everything's not falling apart. What else do you need to do? The Congress needs to pass legislation that holds public employees accountable who didn't show up to work during the COVID crisis. Why? Because part of fixing this problem on an, is not gonna, it's not gonna all fix it once. We have to have a, build a process to be able to fix things like draining the swamp. So it isn't just a slogan, it's actually something that can get done. And by incrementally, by doing little steps that lead up to the, the provide you with the means, the arguments and the and the right ideas on how to do, how to, how to restrain the administrative state, how to cut government and in a way that makes it so people sit there and uh, they embrace it, overwhelmingly embrace it. We have to create, you have to create the, the, the groundwork for that, lay the groundwork for that. And that's one of the ways you do it is you invest it, you basically, you know, force the administration to tell you, tell the American people what the work, the regularity that civil servants worked from March of 2020 to, to January of 2023. Because people understand if you say only as an HHS for the first year, only 25, 25% of the people didn't even log into their computers. People realize, you know, that's a problem. We're paying those people. Pretty, pretty straightforward, deal with it. Um, but you have to have set up the things like that that allow you to do the next steps to drain the swamp. What else should they do? Well, 
they should force the Biden administration to, if they don't make a speech, they should force the Biden administration to be in front of a Senate committee, a House committee, a House committee more likely, uh, and have a, in a discussion where they have to answer questions about what exactly happened. And it's a, and the reason you want to do that and the, the politicians need to resist the urge to spend five minutes yelling at the, at the person giving testimony and not allowing the person to give testimony to provide any light. And you see, the, the interesting part is the people, if you don't want, if, I, if I'm testifying, I don't want to talk. The last thing I want is to have somebody ask me a short question and then ask me to elaborate. What I want is I want that person to think, oh, I'm going to make a, be a YouTube hero and I'm going to tell that person off. I'm going to make great YouTube um, and it's going to get lots of hits. But that person, when they do that, they take up all their time and I don't have to answer a question. It's the ideal scenario if you're on the hot seat. So force the people who are on the hot seat to answer the questions and expand upon them. And that is how you get information. And that's how you find out what's really going on. Congress should do that. They can do that on a number of issues. On the supply chain issue, they can do it. They can do it in terms of um, the inf inflation issue. They can do it in terms of um, virtually every every issue that we're dealing with. Well, the deep state and the subversion of our, of our uh, judiciary system. Um, the attempt to uh, by Democrats to to keep the um, keep the COVID emergency alive. Don, Joe Biden says he needs two more months to uh, before he can you know end the COVID emergency. Well, for what? For what purpose? Uh, you know, you've been you've been in office for two years. Tell us what you would do. What you would do to help end the COVID emergency in a way that would cause the least amount of pain while being true to our actual principles. That's what Congress should, Congress can do that. Bottom line is there's a lot of stuff happening in the world. I would argue that a lot of times the reason there's a lot of stuff happening in the world is because there's always a lot of stuff happening in the world. And we just don't necessarily know it. And, but we know it now, we know some of the problems. We're being asked to confront them. And first and foremost, we don't trust our, our leaders, particularly our intelligence agencies and our, and our president to give us a straight story and to lead us. We have a department, Secretary of Transportation Buttigieg who 10 days after the East Palestine uh, train derailment and release of toxic chemicals into the air, 10 days later was giving a press conference and failed to even talk about it. Failed to even talk about it. Failed to even acknowledge it. Seems like a transportation secretary would be all over that one. Pete Buttigieg isn't all over anything. He, he had, is almost as if he didn't even know it existed, that it occurred. So we need to have people who are who can be who are trustworthy, allowing people to say, "Okay, I may not like Joe Biden, but at least I think things just spin out of control, and we're going to blunder into nuclear war. We're going to blunder into toxic spill that destroys 
one of the great waterways in the United States and the Ohio River and, and its subsidiaries. You know, those are the kind of things that you look at and you say, you know, this is kind of basic performance as president. It's not like they were asking President Biden to go above and beyond. Just do the basic stuff, the blocking and tackling. But but we feel uneasy because Joe Biden won't talk about stuff. He won't get on the air and take responsibility for anything that happens. And in fact, he'll duck and dive and, and will point fingers at everybody but him. And that doesn't make you feel very good about what's going on. And so this crisis in confidence, this crisis of what's of people feeling un, kind of um, unmoored from, you know, that's a, that's a real, real problem. And, it, and the president of the United States has a responsibility to fix it. And it's an easy fix to do. I'm going to take some uh, questions because uh, of me just talking. Here's a long one. Virginia Cummings, American working taxpaying citizens of this nation are not re represented by the very government they are responsible to pay for. American citizens have taxation with the right representation. It's time for American working taxpaying citizens of this nation to revolt against a government that does not represent them nor their families. It's time to teach Joe Biden. It's time to teach Kamala Harris for failure to hold their, their oath of office, the people of the Republic of the United States. You know, I, I think, it. listen, I, I can't, I, I can't uh, disagree that impeachment is should be on the table. Um, this is the this administration has been horrific. Um, we we started by focusing on Alejandro Mohorcas because he's responsible for two of the big points of the spear. One, he's responsible for a lot of the domestic spying scandal of going after censoring uh, people like me and and you off of on Facebook or elsewhere. Um, Mayorkas has that under his department and he is, uh, and they are aggressively uh, trying to get um, social media companies to censor people. He also is responsible for the open border. And so given the fact he's responsible for spying on the rest of us and letting a bunch of people across the border who, who are illegal in spite of the national security concerns, in spite of legitimate concerns about um, their ability to to make a living here and the like, we have a we have an administration that's heck that's bent, it's going to put as many illegal aliens through the door through our doors as they can as long as they have power. Mahorkas is the one that holds the power. Congress needs to impeach him. So I, I, I'm not far from where you are, Virginia. Um, let's see here. Oh yeah. Um, Zuckbucks are Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook, you now Meta, um, put a program together where they donated a bunch of money to a C a 501c3 corporation, a nonprofit corporation that then went and conducted, worked with, basically gave massive grants to various um, registrar offices of you know, vote, the, super, the supervisors of elections in various places around the country. Uh, you know, they did it in key places that, you know, Maricopa County, Green Bay County, 
places where when they're just a little bit can tip this through the process. And uh, so they went, they went off and in, in uh, Green Bay County in Wisconsin, they were found uh, somebody who was not a member of the staff, the, the voting, the voter registrar staff and in, in Green Bay, Wisconsin was found in the back rooms um, because they were the consultant from the Zuckerberg donation. And they were busily, you know, having access, illegal access to ballots and the like um, as an advocate. That's a that's a huge problem. And so Zuckbucks being back means that the Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, is trying to come up with a different way of of, of essentially um, controlling the vote counting process. Um, and so his and, and what he's trying to do is essentially create an ability for there to for there to be um, unaccountable vote counting. And you know, anytime you have somebody who's not supposed to have access to ballots with direct access to ballots, as I described in Green Bay, Wisconsin, that is a that invalidates it taints the entire balloting process. So that's what Zuckbucks tries to do. Um, it was made illegal a lot of places, but there are there are it keeps popping up in different in different locales. So pay stay tuned on that. Um, let's see. Yeah, um, broken public servants. Yeah, I, I think that is absolutely true. It's a it's it's hard to imagine. Um, I mean, think about it. If I were to tell you, I had told you three months ago that we were, that our country is the country that has the largest human trafficking problem of any country in the world. You would, you would say, no, you don't. But yes, we do. Yes, we do. If I were to tell you that um, the FBI uh, three months ago, maybe six months ago, a year ago, but um, if I told you not the distant, not that distant past, that the FBI was actively engaged in spying operations against political opponents um, of their own chosen presidential candidates, um, I would have said I was crazy. Wouldn't have believed it. I couldn't believe. I wouldn't believe that how brazen they were. But they were. So, one of the things that causes people to sit there and say. I feel better about things. I don't feel they're so loose is to have, in this case, Republicans um, really hold those responsible and hold them accountable who, who have violated the public trust, pass legislation that corrects the violations of the public trust, and but make hold the people responsible who, are, who basically created an environment where we can't trust our intelligence agencies because they blew their trustworthiness. Those people need to be prosecuted. And I don't have any great expectation they'll be um, convicted in DC, but they need to be prosecuted. So there's lots of things like that that can be done. And truthfully, most of the things that can be done can be done at the state level with state attorney generals filing lawsuits against out of control um, Department of Justice actions with, um, you know, 
with local 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 voters going and making certain that they that only people who are eligible to vote actually vote by being at the polling place and you know and the and the counting and just make have the list and just demand demand that it be only people who are eligible only those people's votes count pretty straightforward um, so there's lots of things that can be done that are that need to be done um, but most of all most of all we just have to remember that it's going to be okay god's in control and god in control is better than any one of us being in control by magnitudes of a thousand. So when I start feeling un, un, kind of unsettled, I know, I just think and remember that God's in control. God of the universe who created everything's in control. The God who um, opened the Red Sea is in control. And when I know that, it allows me to rest, to rest and rest and not feel as though I, that the entire world is on fire. With that, I'm going to let you go. Thank you very much for, uh, for jumping in today. We'll have something else tomorrow. I'm hoping to do something a little more fun. Um, and I, we're gonna have in our feed for tomorrow, I think I'm gonna include an interview with uh, Tony, uh, Tony Bronco, our cartoonist, and Devin Nunes, the head of Truth Social. Um, Devin uh, interviewed Tony yesterday, and I, I think it would be, you'd learn a lot and, and you would enjoy seeing that interview. So I'm planning on uh, pulling that up and pushing it out to you guys so you can see it, because Tony is a funny guy, but you know, it's good to see a politician like Devin, who's pretty straightforward, cutting up a little bit with Tony. And it's just refreshing to see normal people do live back here and have the same, have the same kind of jokes. So with that, I'm going to bid you a sweet adieu. Thank you for tuning in and hope to see you tomorrow. As we, as we leave.